Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, God is one. Amen. This morning, we have turned a corner in the church calendar. We are now in uh, moving toward and referencing all of our actions toward the second great cycle of the church year. The first cycle is centered on Christmas, and that begins with uh, the season of Advent, really the Sunday next before Advent, because that changes, or that doesn't change in a year. So regardless of wherever you are in the Trinity Tide cycle, as soon as you get to the Sunday before Advent, you have the same Mass then Advent begins, then you get to Christmas. And then from Christmas, you move on 12 days to Epiphany, and then there's the Epiphany season. But all of that from uh, the beginning of Advent through the end of Epiphany is um, in reference to Christmas. That's the anchor for that first part of the year. And that season goes on until the next cycle of the year, which is anchored on Easter, begins. And that is what today is. Today is the first Sunday in the cycle that is anchored in the Pascha celebration. So, just like Advent comes before the celebration of Christmas, what comes before the celebration of Easter? Any of the kids know? What season is it? Lent, that's right. And so Lent is 40 days that we fast and we don't eat certain foods and we try to pray more and we give uh, more help and aid to those in need. And so it requires a lot of us. It makes us work a little bit harder to make sure that we don't eat too much food or stay up too late or play too much, especially when uh, we have other things to do. And so we work really hard to uh, try to behave as well as we can, to pray as much as we can, to help others as much as we can. And that's kind of like an athlete practicing uh, their sport or training really, really hard to get good at what they do. What we want to get good at is loving God with all that we have. And so that takes a little bit of training in us too, because we don't always feel like loving God or others with all that we have. So we have to work at it. But before we start that season where we're really, really working hard and we're fasting and doing all the other things, we have three weeks in the church called Septuagesima Tide, named after today. Today has a really funny name, Septuagesima Sunday. That comes from the Latin word meaning 70th. So this is the Sunday closest to 70 days before Easter. So that gives us kind of an idea of how far out we are, right? So today we change some things. You see purple on the altar, the vestments. You notice that the uh, conclusion of the Venite that we sing at morning prayer is the longer conclusion of Psalm 95. Um, we don't sing the um, Te Deum in morning prayer anymore. Instead, we sing the Benedicite. In Mass, we wouldn't sing the Gloria in Excelsis, Glory to God in the Highest. We would omit that. And then there's also something that we omit throughout the entirety of uh, pre-Lent and Lent. It's the Alleluia. We never sing or say Alleluia in the services all during this time. And that's not because we don't want to praise God. It's just that that word is a special word that's like the angels sing it. We have it a few times in the Psalms, and then we have it a lot in Revelation. So we know that this is a heavenly word of praise. 
Instead, during Lent, when we praise God, because we praise God a lot during Lent, we take more time to do it. We use more words. We do it with a little more effort. So we don't have the shortcut, hallelujah, during Lent. We have a little more effort to say, um, praise God. It takes work. So speaking of work, the gospel passage for today, for the Mass, comes from St. Matthew's Gospel. It comes from the 20th chapter, beginning with the first verse. Now, this is one of those frustrating passages in the Bible, one of those things that Jesus says that we don't really like to hear, kind of like if you're rich, it's impossible to enter the kingdom of heaven. It'd be easier for a camel to squeeze through the tiny eye of a needle. Things like this are seemingly unfair. One of the first things that we develop as kids, especially when there are other kids around and we start having to share toys and things like this, is we have an innate sense of fairness that develops. Very quickly, we decide, hey, uh, you shouldn't get to play with this toy the whole day. It belongs to both of us. I should get to play with it part of the day too. When we grow up, we keep this sense of fairness. Hey, you shouldn't make all this money for doing the same work that I'm doing. I'm doing the same work. I should get paid the same. And that's basically what the laborers in the vineyard said to the master today. But he tells them something really weird. I didn't cheat you. I paid you what we agreed to. But I'm also going to be super generous and pay others the same amount. And the difference that we see between what the workers are expecting and what the master gives is that the master is not operating under the rules of scarcity. The master isn't saying, um, I only have so much, therefore I'm going to pay according to the time that you work so that the little I have gets divvied out in a fair way. What the master says is, I have what I need. I'm giving you the opportunity to come and work. We agreed to a payment and I'm going to pay you what we agreed and others what I think is good. Now, as you can imagine, a story like this has had many interpretations through the history of the church. Um, one of them is, and this actually is reflected in the lectionary for the monastic matins, the, the midnight services of the church that goes back all the way to St. Benedict and, and maybe beyond. One of the interpretations of this story is that those called first to work in the vineyard were the people who peopled the world from Adam to Noah. That was the first to the third hour. Then those called at the third hour were the people from Noah to Abraham. Then those who uh, were in the world for the next set of hours were the people from Abraham to Moses, and then from Moses to Jesus. And now we coming after our Lord are those called at the 11th hour. And we get to reap the benefit of a vineyard that has been worked in and prepped and uh, made ready for us to come and just finish the labor. Um, and so this actually is reflected in the lectionary throughout this time, beginning with Septuagesima today. In that monastic midnight office, we read about Adam and Eve in the fall. Next Sunday in that office, we would read about um, Noah and the flood. The next Sunday, we would read about the call of Abraham. And then Going beyond that, we read about some of Abraham's descendants. And then uh, lastly, what, once we're already in Lent, we would read about 
uh, Moses and the people of Israel and being called out of Egypt. So the lectionary actually matches the interpretation of this um, parable according to the meaning that those called earliest were the ones in the world earliest and so on up to us who are now laboring in the 11th hour. I think that's a wonderful um, analogy because it really does mean that we who have missed most of the heat of the day, that is the history of the world when people were looking for what God was going to do, expecting him to do something in the world, and they never saw it. Um, finally, those who are uh, reaping the absurdly generous reward in the 11th hour are those who are following um, our Lord calling us in the 11th hour. But there's another way that the church wants us to think about this particular uh, story, given the context of where we are in the church calendar. And of course, that is, we have a time period called pre-Lent and Lent that um, is going to culminate in Easter, where we receive the reward of celebrating the Pascha of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the church is calling us now at this very early hour, at the first hour, to go ahead and begin our work, to come and join in the work of the uh, vineyard and start uh, preparing to not wait until the 11th hour, but to start the work now. St. John Chrysostom, one of the most powerful preachers uh, in the church's history, he delivered a Paschal homily one year that was written down and spread and became one of the most um, treasured homilies in the history of the church. And to this day, many, many, many uh, Orthodox churches read aloud his Paschal homily on Easter. And listen to this portion from that homily that he preached at Easter. If any have wrought from the first hour, let him today receive his just reward. If any have come at the third hour, let him with thankfulness keep the feast. If any have arrived at the sixth hour, let him have no misgivings, because he shall in no wise be deprived thereof. If any have delayed until the ninth hour, let him draw near, fearing nothing. If any have tarried even until the eleventh hour, let him also not be alarmed at his tardiness. For the Lord, who is jealous of his honor, will accept the last, even as the first. He gives rest unto him who comes at the eleventh hour, even as unto him who is wrought from the first hour. So at Easter, St. John, knowing this story and how the work of Lent is so important to us, assures even those who came and only fasted, put in a little bit of work at the very last hour, don't be afraid. Come, come and receive the goodness anyway. And that is what is on offer for us today. God isn't giving us, uh, he's not opening the door for laziness and saying, you know what, just go ahead and wait till the 11th hour. Don't come uh, at the first. What God is saying is, whenever you are called, whenever the call reaches your heart, come when you hear the call. If you notice in the story, it's not that the people at the 11th hour didn't come when they were called for the first several hours of the day. It's that they hadn't heard the call. No one had hired them. They didn't experience the call. Actually, everyone who was called in the story came when they were called. It's just that they received the call at different times of the day. 
Well, we are without excuse today because today the church is calling us to begin the work of planning for Lent, to make a plan for eating, to make a plan for almsgiving, to make a plan for prayer, family, and personal, to make a plan to attend church as much as we can. This is our call. So we have to, like the uh, conclusion of our Venite today, not harden our hearts when we hear the Lord call. It's another kind of disturbing uh, way to end the first thing that we sing in morning prayer. When you hear the word of God, don't harden your hearts like that generation in the desert when God banned them from coming in. That's what happens when you refuse the call is you don't receive the reward. But when you hear the call and you answer it, even if you only hear the call at the 11th hour, even if you're a thief on a cross who only at the last moment of his life experiences the love of God and the opportunity for forgiveness, if you ask for it, you will receive it. So today, we are called to begin our labor. And yes, we may experience the pain of the heat of the day if we begin at this early hour. It may be a trying time for us. The trials, the effort, it can be exhausting. But we stay diligent. We trust in the goodness of the master. And here's something that isn't explicitly laid out in the, um, uh, in the story, but the wage that everyone received is the same. It's entrance into the kingdom. It's entrance into the feast of the lamb. But what did all those laboring for all that time gain? They gained strength. They gained knowledge of how to work in the vineyard. They gained skill and experience. Those who labored from an earlier hour actually do end up with more. They were able to participate in bringing about the growth of beautiful things in the world to a greater extent than those called at the 11th hour. So even though those called at the 11th hour, the last, are still given their payment first, everyone is brought in, but those laboring from the beginning get to bring the fruit of their labors, which are more. God doesn't take away what we help to build with him. He lets us keep it. He lets what's good enter into the kingdom. What's not worthy is burned away, but what is worthy is retained. So whatever we are able to build with the help of God in this life is retained. So let's start now and build good things. Let's grow beauty in this world. Let's build goodness. Let's uh, make our relationships stronger. Let's uh, increase the you know, charity in this world as we work with God in this Lenten season so that when we are called at the end of the day, when we enter into the feast, we get to bring all that with us. We get to be wearing a perfectly uh, woven white wedding garment. We get to bring in the fruits of our labors and contribute to the feast. So this is what we're called to today on this first day of Septuagesima. Let's make a plan. Let's begin the effort of thinking through how we're going to partner with God during this season. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, God is one. Amen. Talks at Advent. Homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.